Candace and Ariel are not final girls. Candace is second to last at best. And Ariel is probably the killer. This podcast is intended for ghouls, haters, and Wikipedia summary readers. Listen on at your own risk. Welcome to our twisted mind. If it's not a good look, why do I wear it so well? Pardon me, I missed a your pretty face for someone else, but you just have to do because you see it's getting late. Hey everybody, welcome to Not Your Final Girl from the bottom, but this might go all the way to the top. Maybe. <laughs> I think or it we does. might be imagining it. Either way, I'm Candace and I'm here with Ariel, my co-host, and Hi. we are here also with Andrew Hada, um, a filmmaker and Hello. a podcast host from Bomb Squad, which will be fun for these. Hell Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, in the Bomb Squad, we always try to do uh, underappreciated or underseen movies, and I feel like we've hit the nail on the head. <laughs> I think <Totally>. so. <laughs> yeah, usually, I know it's funny, we kind of reversed because usually we ask guests to pick movies, which we'll have to have you back on, Andrew, and <laughs> next time we're promoting another film, <laughs> yeah. um, and you can pick the movies next time, I promise. But like, we put the call out on on Twitter and was like, "Hey, who likes conspiracy theories?" And Andrew was like, "Me, either way, the movie or the concept." So I was like, "Hell yeah, let's get you in here." Yeah, I can't wait to talk about both things. I love conspiracy <laughs> theories. Yeah, me too. Yes, I did a college thesis on conspiracy Bro, theories. Bro, so, so I am ready to go. Um, excuse me, qualified expert over here, <laughs> specifically for JFK. Fascinating. Yeah. Oh my god, this is. I crazy. really almost solved it at one point. Oh yeah. my god, you had the board. You had yeah. the board mm-hmm. with all the newspaper clippings <laughs> yeah. and the strings. Yeah, like the like the Charlie Kelly screaming. And you were losing friendships and relationships. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I'm so close. I can feel it. <laughs> Damn. Oh wow. You lived the life. Walk the walk. It's <laughs> well, amazing. Yeah. So this is this is gonna be fun because I think these are these both have like inspiration that we can even like get into the real life stuff mm-hmm. yeah um that kind of went into them but today we're talking about two movies from the last few years mm-hmm. we have the empty man from 2020 and broadcast signal intrusion from 2021 and yeah these are both just twisty turny rides man yeah, it was difficult to narrow down conspiracy theory film films that I felt were like solidly in horror because I love conspiracy theory movies, but most of them are thrillers, yeah. which I mean, some people might say like I'm quibbling at this point, but I do feel like those are like definitive genre lines to be to be drawn. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I don't really fuck with thrillers that much. I do, um, but they feel very distinct for me and I don't yeah. fuck with them as much as I do horror, but yeah. So having like this sort of like, I don't know, like, I don't even know like on paper what exactly the differences are, but these two felt firmly empty man for sure is firmly horror. And then yes. 
the the other one broadcast signal intrusion you could i mean it's pulling from thrillers a lot but but it still falls for me really into the horror genre yeah, so, um, yes. which is like obviously like a conspiracy movie is kind of depending on like wanting to inspire in someone right the, the, like the thrill of finding out the truth yeah yeah it's it's very like it's funny because like noir it's definitely influenced from, from noir i would say especially the soundtrack but also like oh, it yeah. has like kind of femme fatale like a missing mm-hmm. woman it's and it is interesting because i do feel like film noirs typically i feel of them like firmly in thriller although like then i think of giallo which is the Ita- right. kind of the italian film noir totally which can have crossover with horror more for me than film noir mm-hmm. so then i get I, all muddled <laughs> yeah i feel like conspiracy theories just lend themselves a little bit easier to thrillers because thrillers mm. kind of land right into that detective series um genre and so like a, a conspiracy theory in general is just you're trying to like figure out the meaning behind something even if right. it's like yes. the secret meaning and so that just kind of immediately lends itself to a kind of noir or detective movie and so i do appreciate that these movies touch on that but they yeah. also like plant themselves in like horror films you know yeah, yeah. i think they lend less cre- because of the way they they land in the horror genre they almost lend less credence to that mentality well yeah <laughs> i think you're trying to get to the bottom of something in a in a thriller especially right like you're trying mm-hmm. to find out how far the trail leads and especially when you're right. talking about conspiracy kind of right. like who all is involved and it's all dependent on explanation and I think explanation them getting to the bottom of it, they are like we see them lose themselves, right? And you, you, yeah, you might find yourself doomed once you yes. get yeah. there in a way that feels very honest to like a true experience, experience and like ultimate end of conspiracy theorists, right? But right. is one that do, we don't see often in often in thrillers. They're right, right? The conspiracy theorist is right. right. It's yeah. like action, right? Like I mean, you 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 get through with the action, and you have to. You have to go through like kind of the gauntlet, but yeah, the the truth is illuminating and freeing, or or like you know, yeah. like a positive ending. And with horror, it's like there's nothing. not going to be that. There's yeah, it's, it's going to be a nightmare. There either is no truth, or the truth will will doom you. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and I like that idea of like in a traditional conspiracy theory movie, it's all about finding the truth, and eventually they do. And in in horror, you you get to kind of play with that notion of what is even truth and stuff like that. You know, I think that that's and these movies play it up well. I think, mm-hmm. you know, especially uh, Signal, it just kind of feels the whole time like you're uncovering everything with him. And yeah. so everything he knows, you automatically know. And so as the movie goes on and it starts to kind of shake those foundations, yes. you're like, wait, should I trust this guy? Which mm-hmm. in my experience is very much like when you read conspiracy theories, because they all have blocks of information and graphs and, yes. and like pictures and then like halfway through you're like you know there's probably a smarter explanation for this than like a thousand like cults all coming together <laughs> over one year or something you know yes yeah the illiteracy absolutely yeah i was just kind of talking about this that like conspiracies feel like there's something that's like designed to like suck you in because your instinct to question the given narrative like by whoever is correct right you shouldn't you mm-hmm. should question things right but then the the questioning things gets replaced by like you should accept my theory about this right. you should accept what i'm telling you and then who are you listening to well and it's like a it's almost 
like you should question right but it should really come for me it comes down to like the spirit of because like i this is why i try to teach students a lot right and like library stuff is like evaluation and sources and all that shit and for me it comes down to like it needs to come from a spirit of curiosity not a spirit of suspicion right yeah. and that's so fucking hard because curiosity is kind of like a precipice and then if you fall off you're in the toilet bowl of superstition <laughs> right. right which lends you to the conspiracy theories and so there's a definite like allure there and some of it is manipulated by people intentionally right. and often it's not like a lot of people like QAnon is the one that comes to mind a lot for me now because it's like a really prominent belief here in the united states and elsewhere it's like rippled across the world oh god um it, you know that one is you know some of some people have manipulated this and you know the speculation on who started it from the beginning but a lot of people believe it and not in a way that's trying to be nefarious right they've it's almost yeah. like a mental illness well yeah they've kind of been yes anding each other i read an article about it that was like uh i think we probably both read the same article that was like uh someone who's like a designer of hmm games immersive, immersive experiences games, yeah. kind of stuff and he was talking about at one point early on mm. he had made something where there were like arrows on the floor and they weren't he didn't put them there and they were just kind of in the room like it just happened yeah that way and he like was i don't know like he it's like he didn't think to cover them up or like whatever but they weren't relevant but the people got so bogged down like the players got super bogged down right. and like these arrows and like what did they mean and like they weren't finding it and they were like super stuck on it and they were like going completely off the rails and he's like i fucked up like those weren't even those aren't even anything yeah and, like, it's to so, do with it. yeah it's so easy to like start to interpret everything as a sign and a signal yeah well and i think that there's a level of what i've noticed because i frequently like read about conspiracy theories and yeah it was a lot funner before trump became president and sure. every conspiracy yeah. became about that but <laughs> even then you i mean even now when you see it with like the killer the shooters and stuff there's it's funny because they count themselves as this like counterculture we see the real truth but to me a lot of them are searching for some kind of comfort and it's not yeah. comforting to think that there's a guy who's able to take care, to take advantage of our lax gun laws and just wants to kill as many people as he can. There is comfort in knowing that there's a bunch of people behind that guy who are controlling him because then there's someone to stop. And if there's a bad guy to stop, it makes the world make a little bit more sense. Or when there's mm -hmm. a bunch of bad guys who are just constantly being radicalized by our government, <laughs> by the way our world is, that's something you can't stop. And so that I feel like a lot of people who fall into the QAnon thing and the, they're just like looking for maybe not community, but some kind of answer. And they've just kind of twisted it and worked it into like this weird um, kind of like solution that has no question almost. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, the the chilling thing for me now is that they have found community because, you know, for a while, like QAnon was only online and right. um now there's QAnon churches. There's QAnon churches, <laughs> right? After you had um, sure, fine. storming the Capitol, you have QAnon conventions. You have right. like these people get together All these and people they who were like gathered in whatever the park is where. Oh, we're looking for oh, the, uh, Jesus, yeah, the Dallas Depository Park. <laughs> it's yeah, and it sucks because like a lot of these things, like with with misinformation. I like to I like to remind my students because it's so easy to be like this is wild this is crazy this doesn't mm -hmm. make any sense because um, your brain kind of wants to like push it away and be like that can't be 
something that people really believe, they must be idiots. But right. like misinformation, like is usually based on some sort of truth or like real fear, right? Or right. real emotion. So like right. people yeah. legitimately have, you know, in my mind for good reason, like mistrust of government, mistrust of healthcare. Oh yeah. These things. Mistrust of Bill Gates. Absolutely. <laughs> and you know, it's like, I'm with you on that. I'm with you. But like where I'm not with you is like how this is like hurting you and hurting your communities. Right. And, like, right. You know, like, yeah. Well, that starts to be like, okay, sure. Um, you shouldn't trust pharmaceutical companies and yeah. maybe you shouldn't believe everything the CDC tells you. Maybe you shouldn't right. trust the government, but like then it, it starts to get to the point where it's like, okay, then who you. are you listening to? Mm -hmm. so, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. And I, I think that there's also like, you have people who they, and Signal's a great example of this. I think that's why I like Signal a lot is that, you get people who get confused because they're using their perception on things that shouldn't. I remember, you know, the Vegas one had a bunch of conspiracies. And one of the biggest ones was like, this guy was walking through the garage with like these heavy suitcases and like a bunch of them and nobody even stopped them. And I think that's because in their mind, like if you're walking around with that many suitcases, someone's going to be like, what's going on? But if you live in Las Vegas, I mean, they're constantly performers and different mm -hmm. conventions and stuff. And so it's not that weird in Vegas for no. them to want to stop. And so it's like, if you look at it from my point of view, where i am only lived this one life, yeah. I might see things a certain way. But if you look at it from a more logical point of view of a bunch of them, you're like, yep. well, that's actually very normal. Yeah. Or like, yeah. it's not as nefarious as you might think. Well, and it's not even like, because living in like, our post 9-11 world right like you have that whenever you're at an airport they're like you know any any uh unmanned packages or i don't know what the fuck they call them you know <laughs> it's gonna be really suspicious no one gives a fuck at the airport well yeah, i mean actually, no one gives yeah. a fuck it depends on how you look though let's be real right. because like racial right. profiling happens all the time in airports um but you know as me like a white girl leaving my luggage while i go pee i'm not worried about it and right. so no. th this this era of suspicion which like 9-11 is like certainly partially to blame right like we're all just like in that mindset that yeah. people are going to be like i don't know carrying bombs in their shoes or whatever yeah yeah well and it's also like after corona i mean we left everyone in their house for a year and they we just left <laughs> their own devices and we expect them to be normal <laughs> yeah. now yeah it just really they broke will. a lot of people's brains we asked people yeah. to create their own reality essentially and they oh they did <laughs> They sure did. Speaking of creating realities, I guess let's get into The Empty Man, huh? Let's do it. All right. Yeah. Written and directed by David Pryor. Following the disappearance of his friend's daughter, a man uncovers a disturbing chain of events apparently emanating from an entity called The Empty Man. <laughs> hey, wait. We got to try it. Try what? Calling the empty man. Who's the empty man? If you're on a bridge and you find a bottle, you blow into it and you think about the empty man. Oh, come on, Mandy. How old are you? Tell him the rest. On the first night, you hear him. And on the second night, you see him. And on the third night? Well, on the third night, he finds you. Squirming his way into your thoughts. 
like a disease. <laughs> and his message is contagious. The best urban legend. It's not Slender Man. Yeah. It's, it's not the Bye Bye Man. He's not that tall. He's not. It's the, not the it's insidious not the smiling monster. Man. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like any. Mo- it's not your father's monster. <laughs> it's not your father's creepy man. <laughs> there is a lot of horror man. I mean, there's even Candy Man. They just oh, yeah. there's so many men. There's, there's just, I know. just men. Right? Oh, that's oh yeah. <laughs> he really broke it down. We're to essentials. <laughs> Where can they go from here? Oh, God. Into your homes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Imagine finding a man in your home. Imagine. It would be the most terrifying thing I've <laughs> I, I, I think, like, this one, I mean, it's kind of cool because you see Signal, and it's about one person's signaler, like, kind of voyage and journey. Yeah. And this one is kind of like you see a bunch of different people kind of get affected by it. Yes. And I think that that really, I mean, it almost feels like a series of vignettes because that first 20 minutes. It's di- it's like different movies. Man, it yeah. goes on for, the, the intro wild. goes on for a very long time. It's I like 20 like, minutes. I think it yeah. is like 20 minutes. And it's 20 minutes before we get the fucking title screen bro mm-hmm. yes it's like a cold open no i was like i was like oh holy fuck this is not a movie about people stranded in bhutan <laughs> no same i was like where are we now who's this yeah. man jogging or whatever he was doing yeah well then i knew it was about cult so i actually went the other way and i was like did i put on the right movie like what's happening because <laughs> it doesn't tell you the man? title yeah so i was uh, like wait maybe this isn't correct because what's what's happening why are they in yeah the, the helps and i really well, like that opening yeah it was great me too i mean i'm a sucker for like you know wilderness horror so yeah, people true. hiking i'm like hell yeah do whatever you want i'm here very true but yeah you're right it goes on for a long time and then it doesn't and then it feels also like there's another distinct shift mm-hmm. when the main character goes to the um you know the church of scientology it's not yeah. that but you know what i mean yeah. um right. it feels like there's a distinct shift there too like we almost have like three different films in a way mm-hmm. i don't know they all feel very different to me yes definitely because we kind of shift into something that feels more like a thriller a mystery uh-huh yep after so you know we have bhutan and that whole like that whole yeah like i was shocked <laughs> i was like oh my god okay we're going somewhere else and then we get <laughs> Yeah, then we get dude. Yeah, he's like a he's like a sad guy. <laughs> he's like a sad detective. Yeah, an ex detective. Yeah, or sad ex detective. And there's like I don't know, like there's kind of a script for that. Like okay, yeah, he's he's has a he's living a hard, lonely life, and he's gonna he's gonna solve this case <laughs> that's gonna yeah. fix things, and. Yeah, then it kind of shifts into some like creepy pasta, slender man, <laughs> yep. candy man. Kind it of does feel yeah, very creepy. We get introduced to the men. You whisper into an what is it? You blow into an empty bottle and you have to say his name. Like I can't yeah. remember what the rules are. You blow into an empty bottle. Yeah, you blow and you into have to an like empty bottle him. and you think of him. Yeah, 
So it's literally, it's very like urban legends mm -hmm. slash Candyman. Yeah. yeah. It's if you find a bottle on a bridge too, you can't just. Oh, right. The it. bridges are very significant in this. That's yeah. right. Okay. And yeah, again, so that was you, another. If you cross a bridge, you find a bottle. You know, that was another great sequence. Now the sequence where the kids are like blowing into the the bottle and like oh yeah spring. i love that scene yeah it's it felt like very lost boy fish where they're it's just a bunch of kids kind of hmm. messing around hmm. on a bridge and then yeah on a bridge <laughs> yeah and i i think yeah, like did you guys ever do did you ever do any like urban legend like call the monster kind of oh, like, do, bloody, like mary. bloody mary kind of whatever sleepover oh yeah yeah you did yeah and we did i did, did the we we put the um like baby powder on the back of your car and then you park your car on a certain road and then apparently like ghosts push it and you can see their fingerprints and so we did that <gasps> oh, a couple of times spooky. yeah and i don't know if the, the trick is that your fingerprints are already there and they just slowly like reveal themselves but you probably huh? that. So it, was, it was very scary yeah oh my god <laughs> oh holy fuck that's okay. a great one i didn't even know about that one and no, I, I never did any of this stuff you didn't do any I, of this shit. No, no. at sleepovers what did y'all do <laughs> um i don't know like clowned on our yearbook and watched rocky horror picture show that sounds like a good time yeah, yeah it's like I, I mean i like I, i'm trying to like remember like what sleepovers <laughs> stuff happened. we told like ghost stories sometimes okay we yeah, never course, like did the like calling the monster kind of thing and i wouldn't have done it to be honest i'm freaked <laughs> out i i only just now yeah. used a ouija board like this year dude i literally like was the person like pranking my friends with like Fucking remember the serial killer note I left for my yeah, friends that had to sleep over. Fucked up. And they're like trying to call the cops. Like one friend was crying and trying to call the cops. Like oh, man. Yeah, so of course I did Bloody Mary. And then when I was like, Bloody Mary's not real, I'm like, I'll make her real. <laughs> Damn. You created your own reality. Yep. Yeah. That's right. You called the empty man, yeah. Hell yeah. That's the thing. I'm always the idiot in horror movies. I'm like, I'd be absolutely on that shit. I'd be calling the empty man. hundred percent. Damn. I love that he runs too, like this thing where he'll run at people. Yeah, we have it at the beginning. We have it at the bridge. Oh yeah, he's a cheeky kind of guy. He'll he's run a little right playful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's silly. He's a silly guy. Yeah, he yeah, has guess... poacher guys the where he's kind of like he yeah, wants to mess with yeah. you. You know, he has some fun. That's mm -hmm. true. So I... I guess the creature design also pronounced his name before, but I guess it's. Zezerswav Bekshinsky, who does, does like this cool, surrealist creepy... like horror art, yeah, that I oh, see yeah. sometimes on my feet. Yeah, yeah, That's I think you've probably rad, seen dude. his stuff before mm -hmm. if you, if, yeah, if, if you're into that. But yeah, I totally like knowing that now. I can totally see it. Yeah, That's cool. yeah. I also think that it was cool, and maybe I'm wrong, but it seemed like the first part where they're in Bhutan. It was blue uh, color correction. Like it was a lot. The blues were highlighted. Mm. It, the snow was really coming out. And then once he goes to detective, it gets a little bit colder, a little bit grayer. And then once he's at the end, it's very green, almost like Matrix green. And it's like oh. I feel like the movie was very intentionally like kind of getting dirtier <laughs> as it kind of went on. And even yeah. like the location, <laughs> totally. like they they definitely knew that they were doing three different segments because they're even filmed different. With like how wide, like the first one is very yeah. wide. You see like that big creature that's kind of stuck into the wall. He's like, you see all of him. And as we kind of move with the characters, like it gets slower. Like the bridge scene is very like, here's the kid's head. And you see down the bridge and like very close. Yeah, and narrow. And definitely. 
he definitely was closing in on us. And I liked, I liked that feeling of like, oh man, things are definitely getting worse for the viewer. This is why we need yeah. you, Andrew. You got that filmmaker perspective. <laughs> I love that insight. The eye. No, that's, that's totally true. It becomes kind of increasingly claustrophobic. And I mean, even mm-hmm. at the end, we have that final scene, like he's in this hospital, which is for me, like one of the most claustrophobic oh, yeah. spaces in the fucking world. Right. Mm-hmm. And I also like, I feel like with the use of like the motif for the empty man and the soundtrack and you know what i'm talking about like that deep kind of uh like throat sound that happens right Mm -hmm. um when we which when we see the skeleton at the beginning they're like very sparing with that like from what i remember i feel like it only comes up at the beginning and the end i could be wrong but it's like such a memorable haunting Mm -hmm motif yeah. it fucking is scary and they don't overutilize it which i really appreciate it because yeah. Yeah, stop, they did a good job with it i think yeah. yeah i think like they sparingly use all their scares and i really think that helps the movie especially because it's it's pretty long but because it's long it has that mood but it's like it takes a long time to get to a scare it almost keeps you on the edge of your toes and you're like <laughs> wait is it gonna happen now and then it will switch the whole you know, perspective on you and you're like, okay, I don't even know what's really happening anymore. Like, I'm definitely, I don't have a foundation of this movie, you know? Yeah, it doesn't really let you get a hold, which is interesting because I guess, so this movie seems to have been like a true flop um, at the box office. For one thing, it it had bad luck for when it was released because it came out in 2020 and it was just... Right. everything was I mean, hell yeah like life was very up in the air and people weren't necessarily going to movie theaters i it just yeah it didn't do well it wasn't advanced screened for critics it got bad reviews and i wonder partially if like i guess like the marketing was mostly sort of based around the creepy pasta vibe like the blow in the bottle and the empty man will come kind of thing huh. and i and i wonder if that just didn't sell what the whole movie is was yeah i mean it's weird i mean so i had read that uh this was like maybe the last or one of the last movies that fox had made before it was acquired by disney Mm -hmm. and so like the marketing department like no one gave a shit right like this this is just something that was like fell through the cracks but tonally the movie's really interesting because it has that element of like creepypasta um but at the same time it's doing some other things like it's almost like it's I'm, it's hard for me to even say this in a way that doesn't sound like insufferable but i don't mean it in an insufferable <laughs> way but it's kind of like the bye-bye man but elevated right like it's doing something else it's not mm-hmm. just doing the brow do you know what i mean it's doing something <laughs> yeah else. it's not it's not like right. a popcorn movie it's actually like a pretty ambitious film i mean mm-hmm. even just from what we've been talking about with these three distinct that's fucking hard, right? That's like, yeah. with a film, you're already juggling 20 balls in the air. Why would you want to juggle like 60 or whatever with like making it three distinct kind of tones and styles? But yeah, it has like this other element kind of underneath it. Like in a way, it does things, it does very different things than the next movie we talk about, but it's very much like at its core, like somebody dealing with grief and sort of yeah. you like, in a way where they're falling down a rabbit hole and trying to make sense of their world only to uncover like that there is no sense in the world and everything is fucking meaningless. <laughs> yeah. And and that's what I love about this movie is because it's very silly. Like there's so many things about this movie. A lot of the scares are really cheesy. This movie um, to me had the overall vibe of like a Christian film. And I could totally <laughs> like, see that which, when I saw it this time and you said I that. I started, I was like, why do I feel like I'm watching like the Omega? Yeah. 
episode. Dude, it does have that. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's like he's trying to dig to the truth and ultimately... And he's going to find Jesus. He's gonna, yeah, find Jesus. <laughs> like in church, but it's sort of like even kind of some like it it feels like it's sort of subverting that vibe almost or like it's really like a perverted version of that yeah, yeah. and maybe it's just because it has a very like white tall top with <laughs> a, jesus, a jesus man yeah, a white jesus like protagonist and i'm like oh this seems like a I don't know, that just seems like an evangelical thing to, <laughs> way to cast your film. Yeah. But like then it ends up kind of making sense because uh-huh. of because of yeah, the the emptiness that you find when you get to the bottom of it. Right. It is it's conceptually like either I haven't decided if it's like just really banal and stupid or like actually fucking genius. Like it's one of those things <laughs> where it's like the the concentration of this nothingness into an entity that is a god do you know what i mean yeah, yeah i mean I, i'm inclined to think it's kind of stupid just because of like some of the things that happened like where someone wrote tulpa on the back of like a piece of paper for no reason <laughs> like they ah, have yeah. to remind themselves yeah yeah i love it oh yeah tulpa that's it yeah <laughs> well uh, and i think like you really hit the nail on the head because i remember watching slender man and you watch like bye bye man and they both are about these mythical creatures that like have been alive for eons and like have been haunting people and then you watch it and they just kind of act like Jason you know they don't act like very otherworldly and this one he attempted or they attempted to make it feel really epic and you know really like ancient even if it sometimes meant that they uh, missed the mark a little bit but I think like they yeah they were very ambitious and I always I always applaud especially filmmakers who are very like new to it trying to go for it and so like to me it made me kind of appreciate a little bit more um and and kind of like get over like some of the little things like there was some acting that was kind of like eh, you know <laughs> yeah well and the plot it's interesting what they did with the character where he has this backstory that they keep kind of holding us at arm's length until towards the end um where we find out like kind of why he has some of this guilt Mm-hmm. And that really weakens the overall story for me, actually. The fact that yeah. there's supposed to be a twist that he was having this affair. And right, right. Um, Plus, it like I I f- knew what was happening before before like the reveal. Like you know, it's it's like kind of a standard enough story that it's easy to figure yeah. out. Yeah. Like, well, like you could have just yeah. hinted. It's yeah. Not like it's a huge revelation. Like okay. Yeah. But it was also I was like, so wait, her husband died, and also his people died. Like they both they lost their. Was it <laughs> at the same time? Like what happened? Yeah. But yeah. There's definitely the script. There's a lot of um. There's a lot of like. Well, as you know, this thing has happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the, the script is not its strength for me, but like just what the movie is trying to do and this how is, it's interesting it is to me to like kind of yeah to see like where where they've like divided it into like acts. Yeah, um, yeah. because yeah, I hadn't really like hadn't really thought of it that way. Also, yeah. his sort of encounter at the cabin with the with the cult is super creepy. Bro, that sh- yeah. that's the scariest part for me. That and that part is really effective because a lot of the scares I feel like are cheesy, which I'm I love cheesy. I don't care. Uh, but that part was fucking scary. That part's scary, yeah. and it's also like there's a one point where like there there's like it focuses on like a flock of birds, and it's like oh I feel like that's gonna come into play later because it's like the concept of emergence, you know, like order from chaos, you know, like ultimately there's there's nothing but for some reason it becomes something even though none of the like 
none of the bits of none of like the threads in the tapestry really know what they're doing mm-hmm. and then it, that happens that like there's this pattern of like you know how are they doing this yeah it's like a hive mind it is kind of like a hive mind well and there's like it's weird because there's like time travel components going on in this movie which yeah I, are not explained i like that they're not explained but like it's that sort of bewildering really fun and trippy yeah ultimately i like i was kind of like what so then what was the whole thing <laughs> at the end because <laughs> like, it just wants people to kill themselves i don't i don't think so but it is confusing is this happening yeah yeah i felt like yeah the ending to me was the hardest part to kind of figure out what they were trying to go for um, especially when compared to like the beginning, because the beginning seems a little bit more straightforward. So uh-huh. I think, yeah, it, it, the ending's definitely weaker, especially with like such a strong opening. Well, and I think because, I mean, like Andrew, you had mentioned, like this film kind of does this thing where it's showing us like a web, right? Like mm-hmm. when we're talking about conspiracy theories, how it affects and touches different groups of people. Right. And then at the end, it becomes so singular again. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of, I don't have an alternative. I don't have like a solution in my head necessarily, but I think that might have weakened it, right? Because it's yeah. like we're, we're looking at the web and suddenly we go back to the one. And the one right. is not really what's interesting about this. Like the 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 web was interesting. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And it like the ending doesn't really like give us that new revelation or like kind of open our eyes a little bit more. It just kind of is like, yep. Yeah, we, we knew that. You gave <laughs> yeah. us all the clues. Yeah. yeah. It would be like if Dr. Loomis at the end of Halloween walked to the balcony and Michael's just stand, like lying there still and he's like, yeah, he's dead. All right. <laughs> Good job, everyone. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I guess that is true. Like, it doesn't really feel... I wonder if, like, with the reveal of, like, him having the affair and everything, like, it's, we're supposed to feel a little gutted, but I think it, you're kind of underestimating at least us as audience members, yeah, like the three of us and probably care. plenty of other, where, like, we've, we, call, we clocked that shit like yeah you know halfway through the film or whatever like we know that stuff so it's not a huge surprise so it doesn't really have an emotional gut punch if you were going for that and also i feel like the lead is good but he's not good enough to like make us care because like you you introduced to him like 30 minutes in and so you're just kind of like going along with him but you're not really like I'm, i wasn't invested in like no. I don't care about life. him. Yeah. He seems, I was, once they're like, oh, you're the empty man. I'm like, okay, well, I get it. Because he's shown no he humanity. <laughs> well, he's and empty inside, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and like, it's like, you've literally just explained that he's like a tulpa, which I don't understand. It doesn't make any sense. But like, you conjured him somehow. So why do I care? Like, this man is meaningless. Right. I, <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, So cool. don't pretend like it has an emotional punch. It doesn't have an emotional punch for me. Right. I feel like something more compelling could have been done with that. Yeah, maybe it was assuming you would care about him and his well-being. About a man that didn't exist, that was brought into existence by the thoughts of these people. That's fine. Plus, also, he was, okay, he's straight hanging out at multiple points with this, like, neighbor lady who he, like, had an affair with. And he calls her, and she doesn't know him. What, what, did he hallucinate all that? Like, what, is that, like, part of the implanted memory? But she said they made him, like, three days ago. It's been in the past three days. She's in the cold. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> that would be great yeah. if she was in the cold. That would make sense. But they didn't say that. No. That'd be cool, though. If she was at that the would, Honestly, I would enjoy that explanation. But that's not She's the explanation. like, Mom, guess what? I made a faked guy. Would you pretend that you were <laughs> fucking him and that his wife died? And she's like, she's oh, like, hell sure. yeah. And yeah, you're like, so that. upset because I'm missing. 
He's like, just this one last time. She's like a failed actress. She's a failed actress. This is the role of her lifetime. Oh my God. Wow. That's the story I want. We haven't seen this That's what we need, Amy. Yeah, so ultimately, like, if you scratch at this one a little bit, you kind of get to it. Ironically, or un- or not unironically, it 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 seems empty towards the. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's there's I, not I, a lot under the surface, but I did. I really like this movie, though. I had yeah. fun watching it. And I think it kind of represents the problem with a lot of conspiracy theory movies, where the more you, le- I mean, in conspiracy in general, the more you learn, the more it kind of like loses some of the mystery and some of the interest. Yeah. Even absolutely. in real life, like once you find out, like. Well, it could have been, you know, the mafia who killed JFK. Like, it had to have been very specific people, and it's like, that's not that interesting. It's just kind of boring. <laughs> when you well, find that's like, kind yeah. of, the, that's the problem. Like, conspiracy theories mm-hmm. are often so much more fun than mm-hmm. what is probably the truth. Like, yeah, there's totally. so much more. That's why I'm always like, conspiracy theorists just need to read more fiction. Like, I think they just need to get out a little bit more. Yeah. Right. Um, because, yeah, the truth is, like, often very, like, just boring and bureaucratic and stupid. Right, right. right. Unfortunately. Yeah. You know, even like weird stuff ends up being like, oh, this guy forgot to turn off the generator and exploded. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This seems like a really good time to segue into broadcast signal intrusion. Our second movie of the day. By Phil Drinkwater and Tim Woodall and directed by Jacob Gentry. Following the disappearance of his wife, a man uncovers a string of disturbing broadcast signal intrusions that seem to accompany other missing persons cases. <laughs> Responsible for last night's act of video piracy. These video pirates managed to briefly override broadcast that The incident is now under investigation by the FCC. What was that? That is no concern of yours. What do you know about this? The Sally Sparks incident? Only the creepiest unsolved mystery hack of all time. 15 years later and they still never caught the hackers who pulled it off. Broadcast intrusions are a rare cultural phenomenon. In both intrusions, a woman went missing just prior to the signal being hijacked. Why are you so curious about this? I need to know why. You are out of your depth, my friend. You think there's a pattern? You think the tapes are trying to tell you something? They are. You're not going to find it, though. For some reason, this person wanted to say something to the world, and he chose this medium to do it. Did you hear it? It's Morse code. Say someone did hide a message in those tapes. Do you really want to be the guy to figure out what that means? James, we need to leave. under your skin doesn't it this is like so this movie sensibility is like so fucking up my alley (laughs) um like i love missing persons cases i love weird 
internet shit and like as we were kind of just as andrew you were kind of talking about like things that have mundane explanations but that seem really creepy at first this one was inspired by like a couple of like real life things that i as a as an internet mystery person (laughs) um have already kind of come come to like see as like passe one being the Max Headroom incident, mm-hmm. where which was like I immediately was like, oh, they're referencing the Max Headroom yeah, incident because yeah. it happened in 1987 right. in Chicago, where someone like essentially hijacked a signal, interrupted an episode of Doctor Who. I just rewatched the, <laughs> the thing today that actually had like exactly the same vibe as the show yeah. that they put the in- intrusion into in this one. And yeah, it was doing like, I guess, I guess is like an advertisement. Like Max Headroom was like, is like a parody of that, but he's just like saying it's shit. It's fucking unhinged though. Yeah. Was, so he's using like a voice modulator. So it sounds really creepy. And, and then yeah. he gets his bare ass spanked yeah, or whatever in the, real, in the real the one. Fly swatter mm-hmm. by, oh, by a woman, by a faceless woman wearing a maid outfit. There are no bare asses in this film. I'm sorry to remember. <laughs> Actually, yeah, no nudity. So well, and it's like I, I have, um, I've always loved that story of the Max Headroom. Like it's interrupting. Like they don't, they never figured out who it was. But he's yeah. not even like. It's not like he came on and he was like, "Oh, this, uh, you know, I'm someone kill the JFK. president." Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> it was really like him just Fucking coming school on the like, room shit. What's up, guys? <laughs> it reminded me of when people like grab the grocery store announcer and just say something dumb in it you know well and i just i just like i really like that they took that inspiration just because it's it's such a staple in horror or in like conspiracy theory like what is this going on you know yeah yeah and it is so creepy if it comes off as so creepy at first and i like i was telling ariel this last night that i i like literally read about this for the first time and watched the video as a college student like in a dorm room reading cracked.com <laughs> right um, and uh and it's so creepy when you first see it but then like as you get more into it it's like yeah i mean this was probably just somebody fucking around fucking around who yeah. could do it and it's like it's really funny when you like get back to it you know he says like i've just made a giant masterpiece for the all the world's greatest newspaper nerds yeah <laughs> like, i mean all right that's fair it's hard to be scared when someone's getting spanked with the fly swatter. <laughs> it's gonna break some. Yeah, that's true. Tension. Yeah. It's weird to think about now, like for people who like, I don't know, like aren't really super familiar with cable, except as like something that like seventy-five-year-olds mm-hmm. watch. Where, what was the last like the concept of like how could we broadcast to like everyone on the internet now? Because that's like off. That's how people mm-hmm. watch. That's how we watch anything now. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of a weird situation to think about, like, who could hack into the mainframe now and, like, do something equivalent. Right. You just, well, we don't have the same, like... It seems like an urban legend. culture, yeah, Yeah, totally. It's very, like, creepypasta-esque, even though it was based on reality. Yeah, totally. When I feel like if you hijack the TV station now, nobody under 35 would even know that you've done that. We don't pay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No. You have to hijack at least Hulu for me to notice that something's happening. Also, like the shit that's happening on cable, like I don't know. It's like, I mean, I guess he was fired, but it's like Tucker Carlson's on fucking cable. You know what I mean? Right, like, right, right. Who yeah. even needs to? Like, we have yeah. shit that's crazier than anything you could fucking do and <laughs> hack. So you know? true. Reality yeah. is less consistent now than it used to. Yeah. Be. When I feel like one of the things I like about this, and there's another one that's on YouTube, and it's like this channel that has like a hundred. Um, videos. It's like they upload one every week and it's a bunch of people like in masks 
they don't ever talk, but they like eat soup, but they have like a mask on. So the soup's <laughs> not going anywhere. Okay. And it's like kind of presented as if it's for children, but it's just really creepy. And sometimes they're screaming in the other oh room. My oh my God. And it's just like that one in the Max Headroom one. And even this movie, they kind of play with this idea that like, even though we're all connected through the internet, through TV, there's just people out there that like, there's this subset of people who you don't know what they're doing or what their intentions are. And like, and it's almost worse when you don't have like, a when they aren't coming out saying they're going to kill the president. And when they're just uploading hundreds of videos of the creepiest TV show you've ever seen, you know, it's like, <laughs> what even are you getting out of this? Yeah, so this yeah. is um, this is another one that was obviously inspiration on this one, uh -huh. um, which I had kind of forgotten about. Like, I knew that the mask looked really familiar, mm -hmm. but this Tara the Android, who, like, I think, like, the like the biggest one is, like, a song. It's, like, a, a singing robot, basically. Like, somebody... So, like, I, I guess, yeah, it's just videos on YouTube that, like, are this robot who's right. posed in various positions that her head and her hands move, and that's about it. Um, and she has this, like, very creepy, like, kind of monotone robot voice. And I think the most popular one is called uh, I Feel Fantastic. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, also interspersed with, like, just footage of, like, trees and leaves. Found this really creepy and and had, you know, kind of theories about it. Like, oh, this is where the bodies are buried or yeah. whatever, you know, what he's showing us. But really, like, there's a guy who was trying to make, like, a... Just like a singing robot kind of situation, and, and it just looks just, fucking creepy. It just looks creepy because he has like limited resources. <laughs> guy can do. He's just like a musician. He's just kind of fucking around. But yeah, it looked really freaky. Well, when did it come out again? Like when did it drop? <sighs> like what? Oh, man, I don't even know. It was like 2004 or something, yeah, right? I, mean, I wanted to say early 2000s. It was. I, it I was like know, right like, at the time I... where it was like really ripe for like people to just take it the wrong way you know what i mean like if something like yeah. that happened now like that would not be a drop in the bucket no one would care oh God, 2009 yeah. 2000 even then fantastic. though that's still well, like early youtube I feel yeah. Like. yeah and i feel like early youtube like nobody had kind of figured out that you can like produce a video and just post it on there so it's a lot of like weird like i just took this and like it's out of it's overexposed and so when you saw something like that that felt a little bit more put together it was always like, is this intentional? Are you trying to like, are you trying to do something? It just felt odd, which is funny because like now every movie or every video on there feels at least a little bit produced. And so yeah. it's it's just like, I think people don't remember like how weird YouTube was at the beginning of the decade or like in 2000s, you know? It was very weird. Yeah. She's also built in 2004, I guess. I'm oh, looking, okay. I'm looking at her... Um, I'm looking at her fandom page. Oh my god, it I love it. Age appears to be 22. She is ageless because she's an android. Amazing. Even the name though in the in the movie Sally Sparks, right? Like Tara the android, like it feels reminiscent. Yeah. It's like a melding of them because Max Headroom was like an advertisement guy, like he was yes. like on TV or whatever, and then yeah, she's like from a sitcom or something. Yeah, I first saw this movie at uh Chat Film Fest a couple years ago. Okay. And I was really struck by it, like really struck by it. And I don't remember if at the time I had seen Censor or not, but like seeing it this time around, like it, I, I, I was thinking a lot about Censor. This one and Censor um, have a lot in common. I think this movie does a lot of different things because um, I think like Censor, we see someone unravel, but in this one, it's like, 
I don't know. I think he's already unraveled. <laughs> like we right, see a man right. that's already been unraveled and just right. someone has wound him and, and we, we watch him go loose, you know, you right. think you do. You're right. Like, I think Andrew, you mentioned like it sets up and then suddenly like your foundations are unmoored and you're like, I don't know what the fuck's happening. I don't know. It's real. Yeah. And guess what? You get no fucking answers mm-hmm. right, at the right. end. Yes. Nothing. And I feel like lots of questions, it, more, more questions are introduced than there were mm-hmm, in the first like yeah. 20 minutes of the film. Yes. You're like, I don't fucking know. Who knows? <laughs> and I do feel like it kind of takes you into what it feels like to be a conspiracy theorist, where you hit that yeah. mark and suddenly things start to make sense. And as they stop making sense, you try to re like, you're trying to connect wires that, that don't really connect anymore. But since you've already connected other wires, you're like, well, it has to keep going. And then you're just kind of like, now you're just stuck with something that doesn't make any sense, but you've convinced yourself that it does. And so, I don't know. It just very, it felt very much like when you're reading conspiracy or like when you see comments of people being like, oh, well, it has, Mm -hmm. like Trump has to be the crusader because I've been following for eight years, you know? And so like, what else could he be? If I'm good, and so he has to be good. It's like, just take one step back and see what what's really going on, my friend. You know. Yeah, it's like a very mm-hmm. isolating. He seems yeah. so alone. He doesn't really want. He doesn't want connection because he, right. he like the other protagonist, is like a grieving man. He, he he doesn't want those connections. He only wants like he reaches out to the forum, but only like for information mm-hmm. that he needs, and um, you know, he interprets things how he wants to interpret them. Like he's doing. Right uh what i always tell people to not do with information <laughs> right? right like this is interesting because it's something where he also he goes he eventually goes into detail about how you know his wife who is missing he eventually goes into detail about that and what is like they found her car at a bridge, bridge but she wasn't in it and it sounds like suicide which totally sounds like suicide yes and yeah sometimes when you jump off a bridge into water they don't find they don't the find body. your body right. so and that's the thing, like, it's it's definitely unanswered. I mean, like, how he, I think there's a lot of readings here, because it's like, yeah, she could have gone missing. Like, you can believe kind of the conspiracy thread. Like, there's a lot there. I think that who he surmises the killer is, is incorrect, which we should probably talk about. But um, even, you know, if you don't believe the, the conspiracy theory route, yeah, she could have killed herself. Or he could have killed her. Like, he has a lot of, like, weird aggression. Like, the hand thing feels really significant. Um, Definitely. But they don't give you any... They give you nothing. Which feels so refreshing. Because it's like, they they totally respect the audience. Like, whereas, like, I think a weakness of the previous film was that they wanted to kind of explain things and give you answers. Mm -hmm. This movie... Um, Right, you get an entire monologue at the end. Yeah, and this one doesn't do that at all. To the point where I'm like... The filmmakers must have been dying. Like I, they don't know what happened. Do you know what I mean? And it's like yeah. to hold yourself at arm's length from a story like that is so um, is, is such a bold move, and it's it's difficult to do as a storyteller. Right. And it is. It's hard. You can't ever get a grasp on what's happening. You know, like there's this person who's following him at one point, and you're like, well, obviously she's got something to do with this because she's. But like you're watching the story like a movie, but like you know, it's kind of like that's the inclination when you're sort of wrapped up in conspiracy shit is to see life like a movie, like it's got yes. some narrative plan, but really like right. once he meets her, not really. There never seems to be any reason why she's following him. She says she's just doing it because it's something she can control in her life. And it's like, well, that actually seems more plausible <laughs> than like she has something to do with the whole thing. Yes. Right. Yeah. 
Well, and it's kind of like what I was saying earlier, where I say, you, you know, you go to these dorms that you see people who are looking for comfort and they find it in this like answers, mm -hmm. quote unquote. And I, you definitely see him because, again, like, even though it's probably suicide or that's like the most likely outcome, he can't accept that because that yeah. answer is devastating to him. So if something happened, right, right. even though that's far worse, in his mind, it's better because, again, there's someone to stop. There's someone that you can get revenge from. Kind of like in Memento, where it's, it's easier to mm. get a villain and chase that villain than it is to accept the truth that you might be a villain, you know, or or that the world yeah. might be the villain. And so I, I really liked his characterization and the way they kind of, he, like, as opposed to The Empty Man, where it felt like a detective in a conspiracy theory movie, this felt like a conspiracy theorist in a conspiracy theory movie. His motivations <laughs> made sense. And so, and, and the I mean, actor's that, so good, too. Mm -hmm. And so, because yeah. I think I've only seen him, he's the, he's the actor from Glee, right? Oh my god. Shit, is that why he looks familiar Glee. to me? Maybe. He's really fucking good in this, though. I, I want to see him in more shit. Yeah, yeah. I think he, I, and I think in Glee, he's like the dancer who doesn't really have like a lot of Oh my lines. god. Oh okay. And, and so, like, I was like, is he gonna dance? <laughs> That's funny because she's she's a dancer. His wife is a dancer. Right. Connected. Well, <laughs> oh my god! Wow. Oh. Yeah, he's really great. Yeah, it is. Yeah, like... It's it's a Harry Shum Jr. and he is in Glee. Shit, <laughs> oh my god, fuck, dude. Okay. So that was crazy. my conspiracy theory that at one point he was gonna dance. <laughs> he was gonna dance. He was gonna dance the conspiracy theories away. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh you, you wish hmm. but yeah two things that really stood out were like the interactions with the guy under the bridge who then they see later that guy's really striking yeah who, yeah rickety cricket or whatever that they come across mm -hmm. <laughs> and um he's like that's really where like it started to like because you see this you get this moment where you're like oh my god this guy oh he he, he did a little like loopy loop he found him and this is like a, this is like a double secret and like you kind of start to get drawn in and then the more like you see him talking it's like oh i don't know actually this might just be a crazy person yeah like, and well and then like if you pull the thread long enough like you start being a conspiracy theorist like almost against the film because it's like okay is that guy real and you're like well the one girl that found him and is now like crashing his apartment mm -hmm. saw him right. but then you're like but she disappears mid-film that's right. true. So is she real? Is, is this all in his fucking real? head? Because, right. Like, and then like, yeah, the scene. So yeah, this is totally, God, this is like, has so much in common with Censor, which both came out the same year. Just like, yes, the zeitgeist. Yes. Um, <laughs> but like, the, yeah, the scene then um, when he finds the house from the, from the intrusion or whatever, yes. like, like, he he seems like a a highway exit, right? Like that's yeah, that's happens. how he finds it. He finds this right. place, and like that whole thing, he sees her hat there, the girl. Yeah, but does he, or is it just like? I mean, obviously, there's probably multiple hats that were made. <laughs> well, and it's like it's a junky kind of place. The guy who he finds and ultimately like makes confess in a scene that's like very sad. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! And um, it's so like you, yeah. I, I kept going back and forth on it. Yes. Right? Because sometimes you're like, this seems like something. This seems like he's having an interaction with someone who knows what he's talking about. Mm -hmm. and but then he would is... say things that felt 
Like, he wasn't all there. Right, exactly. Right. Yeah, he says it. Well, he's like, when is dad coming back? I think that's like, that's where, like, I was like, oh, no, no, this is not the guy. That, yeah, exactly. It's yeah. kind of subtly implied that it may be not this guy at all, but it might have been his father if it was anyone. Right. Maybe, yes. Right. So this movie, like, likes to cast doubt on sort of everything you want to believe, which is doing yeah. uh, what happens to conspiracy theorists, right? Like, yes, yes. <laughs> It's making you question everything and you ultimately lose your mind. Yes. <laughs> and I think it's cool that like he all the dad or the and the son could have just done the video. Like there could have just been that and they could have just been doing it for whatever reason. Mm. And then it's kind of like when he's talking to the, the the expert and he's like, there's three options, you know, that the tape tape number three has been hidden, it's lost, or it never existed. And it's like in when you're ever whenever you're looking at conspiracy theories you always have that option like mm -hmm. maybe you know maybe the earth is not flat you know maybe it's round because that's what everything is pointing to but you always and i think giving that option always has to be at the forefront so that the person can ignore it because you have to ignore it to go into a conspiracy theory because like you have to like stop following the science you know stop following the science or the logic and then start trying to figure out if the Secret Service accidentally shot JFK, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> gotta go somewhere. <laughs> I know, yeah, you get too caught up, like, connecting the dots before realizing, like, you might not actually be playing any sort of game at all. Like, there might actually be no puzzle for you to solve. Right. Right, right. And I think about, like, I don't know if it's Mormons or Jehovah's Witnesses, but one of them doesn't believe in dinosaurs, and they believe that, like, dinosaur bones are just rocks that formed that way and you have to be like okay but like a bunch of like i've never seen two rocks look exactly the same but you're telling me that there's a bunch of rocks that look like a t-rex head that we found and it just happens to look very similar to other t-rex heads and but like in their mind i remember i had a friend who was whoever doesn't believe in dinosaurs and they were like i don't want to talk about it anymore and it becomes this thing where it's like Oh, so like you've gotten to that point and you've accepted it and you don't want to go any further into mm -hmm. like into really like accepting what like really questioning, I guess, your religion. And you kind of just get trapped in this like endless cycle of being like, no, it's got to be right because that's what I believe. It is really hard, like for our brains, like for our human brains to have learned something, believed it is true right. and then to unlearn it or or dismantle it and understand that it is false like yeah. that's been like that is proven to be true that it's very difficult to do yeah. <laughs> and our brains are resistant to it and i don't know if it's like an evolutionary thing or what but it's like really fucking hard and so that's yeah. part of what what is so hard about like you know like the proliferation of misinformation even if you can tell people hey that's actually wrong and this is why they are their brain is really not like those points of view even if you're a person who like considers yourself to be reasonable who maybe you know wants to believe the truth it's likely there are many things in which you are incorrect in that way right, right. just psychologically which is kind of fucking scarier than any conspiracy it's theory super scary to think that the things that you've based your foundation of reality on might not yeah be really there I think that's right. why I'm so intrigued is because like I fucking grew up in like conservative Christian 
environment. So like mm -hmm. I had to do that. Do you know what I mean? So I'm like, right. I think I constantly come back to that. Yeah. Um, with conspiracy theories, like I'm obsessed. Like I'm reading a QAnon book right now, like written by QAnon people, because I'm just like, what is it? Like if I can pinpoint it, can I make other people not have the shit that I had? And right. probably right. not, but like, it's just a fascination I have. Well, and like, I mean, both these movies are, are so about like grief and like the, you know, like yeah. loss and, and reckoning with that. And in this one in particular, it's like a, it's a very common thing, especially people who have died by suicide, mm -hmm. that they don't want to believe that. And they think there's no way. They think there's no way that right. could have happened because right. they know, you know, the person that they lost and they know that they wouldn't have done that. Yeah. And and so, like, you know, any other explanation this seems more, plausible. more real. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And I think, like, Andrew, you're right that, like, it is so much easier to believe that someone else might have taken their life right that then then they had taken right because you don't know own. people well you don't know them it's such a like it's, it's easier to believe that you don't know all the strangers in the world than maybe you didn't know yes this person yeah right. they are evil and this person is you know innocent and good and mm -hmm. has been tainted yeah. it's it's such a weird like inverse to me of like I don't know if it's the same at all, but I keep thinking about it as we're talking about this sort of inability, like this this desire to see the world in this certain way, right? Where there's like victims and there's people who are evil that are crusading against. But then I think about it in the, like thinking about psychologically, like when people hear stories from like victims of uh, sexual assault and they're less inclined to they're actually less inclined to believe those stories right they think <laughs> that the person must have done something and i i don't know but they feel like very related to me even though they're mm -hmm. separate issues like they're sort of the inverse of each other right like where someone's like i refuse to believe that someone would have done something so horrible to you i'd rather believe you're just making it up or you provoked it in some way right, mm -hmm. right. but i think when maybe I, it is that like I think, victim and hero mentality yeah i think it's also like to see someone else who is who was victimized in a way you can you don't want to believe that could happen to you through no fault of your right. own. Yeah. And I think there's that also that, um, you know, on the man's side, there's always that like, oh, let me tell you how I'm a good person. And it's kind of like you're immediately put on this weird defensive where you're trying to like prove that she didn't get assaulted or they didn't get assaulted because you wouldn't assault someone. And so right. how could they have been assaulted by a stranger if you wouldn't have done that? Like and if you they feel did, attacked. Yeah, maybe you could. And it, it's just this weird circular. It doesn't really make any sense. And that's why, like, it's it's such a dumb argument when people are like, well, I've never done that. And it's like, well, of course not. Or like, you know, <laughs> but that doesn't mean it doesn't happen. And I think like no. you always you definitely see that in how people react to like horrific crimes or like I, I always think about there's this like I think about. Sometimes when you have like movies about history, like the best example is a slave movie where in 21 Years a Slave, um, you have Michael Fassbender and he plays like the evil slave master. And to me, that's always kind of a cop out. It makes more sense to like in Django Unchained where they're bumbling morons because you have to like get to the point where it's like, no, at that time, everyone was a slave master it wasn't right like, and and i feel like they put the evil one up so you can be like that wasn't if i was there i wouldn't be that because i wouldn't be that mean yeah like, you have to dehumanize but mm -hmm. villains are human right, right. and right. a lot of the time they're they're just 
you know, existing within a framework that lets them do something really cruel. But that's, cruel. like, so disturbing. But that's so cruel. Mm -hmm. that and that's so horrible thing. to think that, that something, you know, that would be allowed, you know? You're like, well, if someone's a rapist, why aren't they in prison? It's, right. it's like a weird Yeah. Like, or, like, you know, if somebody walked in, like, how could someone just walk into a building and shoot a bunch of people? It must be fake. Right. Or they, yeah. it must be fake or they must be... Yeah, like a tool of Satan or something. Like that's the thing. I think like our brains mm -hmm. kind of split because I'm sure y'all have had like I think we've all had experiences like where we found out something horrible has happened and like we definitively know it has happened. And like for me, I feel like it's more real when it's like something that's happened in your own life, right? Like mm -hmm. it's something that's happened to someone you know, right? Or right. something a coworker has done, and you just have to sit there and be like, that person is real. They're they're living. They have flesh and blood. They're a human being. Right. They're not a fucking demon. They're not a monster. And they did this thing that is like unspeakable that I can't imagine ever fucking doing. Yeah. And I feel like I would lose my humanity if I were to do it. Yeah. And yet right. this person is still fucking human. And like the thing is like your brain does not want to hold those truths. Like it really wants to reject an other, which mm -hmm. is why I think horror is so interesting because it looks at the other in a way that kind of makes you feel, you know, it's either very didactic in a way that's really like nice for your brain or it's <laughs> right. like uh <laughs> Like this and movie probably that probably not real. No, or like this movie that completely unmoors you and make you right. realize like, I don't know, there's no such thing as objective truth. And we just like fucking fake these realities. This is such a, this is like such an ending explained movie too, where like the, the <laughs> very last shot does something and you're like, yes, what the right, fuck? Right. Like, what the fuck though? But what the fuck? And then it fucking, and you and know it's going to roll the credits ends. and you're like, don't, He's you like, fucking stop no. right now. No, no, no. You fucking knock that off. But they roll the credits. No, like, God go damn. back and fix you come back yeah you come back for a really shitty sequel that over explains everything right it makes me hate it yeah and i think the ending kind of perfectly succincts i mean it again it definitely works with the idea of putting you in the shoes of conspiracy theorists because with QAnon, with jfk with tupac shakur there's never really going to be an answer that either is going to be 100% or that's going to be satisfying. Like, right. if you found out that Lee Harvey Oswald was the only person who killed JFK, you'd be like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. that sucks. You mean it doesn't um, go all the way to the top? Wait a yeah. second. Yeah. And so I think, like, the fact that it kind of keeps you, keeps the wheels spinning in a way with that ending hmm. makes you, like, kind of, oh, Yeah there's not really ever going to be answers for stuff, you know, like, regardless of how much we search for them. And I think that's super poignant, especially right now. Yeah, it's, it's like the Jim and Pam effect, right? You're like, give me that friction. Don't get them together. Yeah. <laughs> give me that friction. That's right. I don't want the answers, even right. though I'll complain about not getting them. I don't want them. <laughs> right. Yeah, which is always, you know, like I'm like I'm saying, you know, Terror of the Android, much better if you're looking at it and being like, that's a creepy YouTube video. Like, if but rather than it's the reality, trying like, his best. this is just this guy making art on the he's internet. Like, I'm going to share my music with the and world. And now he's been accused of being a serial killer. <laughs> just a bunch of people are like, yeah. God. Um, I mean, I guess Max Headroom is still a mystery. So, like, who knows? Probably Maybe a serial killer. A super villain or no, serial just killer or whatever. I mean, he could be. <laughs> yeah. Probably not. Um, and I mean, like, I know 
if you're like out there familiar with this story in the nerdy ass way that I am, there's like <laughs> there's this Reddit comment that gained so much traction about like you know someone claiming they knew. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, um, from tw- it was like from 2014 or something. something like that. Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it tacked onto everything <laughs> I've seen about Max Headroom since then. And it's like, yeah, this guy knows who it was. And it makes me laugh so hard because it's like, oh, on Reddit, the place known for people telling the truth always <laughs> and never making shit yeah. up. Well, and also if you go to that post, like it's you can see on that thread linked that the original poster updated and said, actually, it's been disproven. It's not either of these guys I thought it was. Okay. So it's actually Man. like he the, even was like the original poster was like the people I thought it could have been like it has been definitively disproven that it's not them. Okay. All right. Oh, okay. Wow. So to anyways, me, that makes it even more update. intriguing. Yeah, that is interesting, right? That <laughs> what was he paid? Yeah. Up. How how did he definitively know? <laughs> how did they get to him? <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. How do you how do you definitively know? Definitely, that question. sounds like a future word, like Max Headroom would use. Honestly, so <laughs> true. <laughs> but no, I thought I thought the movie was super creepy, and I, you know what? I really like the music, and a lot of times, yeah. when they go kind of go for that noir music. They either yes. lean too much or they go too little mm-hmm. and it ends up not working. And then this one, it, it worked really well. I really liked every time they used it. And they used it sparingly enough that it didn't get overbearing. I wanted him, except this would have been absolutely absurd. So I'm glad they didn't. But in my <laughs> head, I'm like, where's the voiceover narration where he was right. like, I was getting nowhere with this text. So I decided, you know what I mean? Like I yeah. waited for that narration because it was so, it felt so true to like the noir. Like it's almost yeah. like a neo-noir in the way that they kind of pace yeah, this and deliver totally. it really well done which also like i love that noir is like the is like kind of the vibe of this because so many mm-hmm. times noir just does not make any sense like many it's, of the it's time, absolutely they, nonsensical which i they love. don't actually like the mystery does not actually add up it's all about vibes yeah it's, yeah yeah it's going which is vibes. honestly why i love film noir yeah it's all about absolutely. the vibes yeah that's why i don't fuck with thrillers but i fuck with noir hell yeah like, dude and it's also weird that like how little noir will lean into horror, considering that it's kind of always leaning into horror. Like the dark shadows, the like creepy figures, yes, the random strangers. The so, like hard boiled cynicism. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and the, the, the protagonists are almost superhuman, right? And you right. have like the shadow, right? Who mm-hmm. was the radio guy and he's he's the proto Batman, right? right? He was Batman before Batman existed. So, and mm-hmm. he was a noir character for sure. Yeah. So it definitely like, it, it's it's funny how easily they mix and how little you ever see them really mix together from the war and war. So that's interesting. You know, have have y'all read? Um, oh, it, it's called Fatal. I think it's a comic series by Ed Brubaker. No. Yeah. Okay. Well, if you're craving that combo of horror and noir, it's like a Lovecraftian uh, noir basically nice very good very good comic series so fatal check it out nice. and speaking of that i mean lovecraft most of his stuff feels very noir like if you if you would put it to film the way he writes i mean oh, there's yeah. a bunch of journals they're always like yeah. investigating some kind of thing and so maybe that's, that's why true. it fits so well and it didn't it didn't click for me until you said that and i was like oh yeah lovecraft wow that's true actually i never thought about yeah. that yeah which is funny because I don't actually love I don't love uh, Lovecraft very much, but um, I think you could adapt him in a way that could be compelling. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, li- yeah. I like when they adapt him using minority characters because I know he would have. Hated <laughs> it's yeah. like fuck you, buddy. Yeah. It's yeah. also funny because I remember a bunch of people when I was growing up. They'd be like, "You should read Lovecraft," 
and I would be like the racist guy, and they're like, he's not that racist. And then uh, you read his no, book, and you're like, absolutely that racist. No, he is that racist. Bro. <laughs> He's racist. I feel like he's racist for the time. When he's not even oh, yeah, trying, that motherfucker won't yeah. shut up about it. Are you kidding? Like the way he talks about like he's so fucking racist. Yeah, every every story has like an allusion to savages. It's like you don't even have to read the London. one. Like yeah. you don't have to read that one poem or whatever he wrote mm-hmm. that like fucking is awful. Like he's just racist. Yeah, it's like yeah. very obvious. <laughs> And so I always like give side eye to the friends who are like, it's not that bad if you read them. It's like, are you sure about that? Are you, you sure about you that? Read? That's why. Cats names? Yeah. yeah. I I also like I was I I eventually read him because everyone's like, Lovecraft, Lovecraft. And I'm like, I don't know, this guy's kind of a bad rap, but they're like, Lovecraft, no one will shut up about him. So I finally read him and I was like, not only is he racist, but I think his stuff sucks i don't yeah. like all the, all the italics all the mm. exclamation points i didn't find it that scary the one thing i like by him is the rats in the walls i liked that one that i like that cool. story yeah. and i think i do think he has some stuff that's like uh it has he he does do some good intros but yeah every every book eventually like and then they broke into the savage's house and i'm reading it like as a Mexican being like, I think that's me. <laughs> <laughs> that's my house. Hold up. <laughs> yeah. I think you just described my family. Oh, wait a second. <laughs> I have t- giant penguins. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the man was like, obviously, like he brought in a watershed moment for like horror fiction. Like there is no argument there for me. Very influential, unfortunately. But I don't like him. Not only because right. he's racist, but also because he fucking, in my opinion, wasn't a very good writer. So... Yeah. Suck it, Lovecraft. <laughs> well, hope you're turning in your grave. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> He's in hell. Don't worry about it. He's in hell. There is no God, though. Yeah, no. That's unfortunate for the reasons that the people you want to go to hell don't go I know. there. Right. It's I know. just like equal when you die, and that sucks. That does you hate to see it. And then you're like, maybe this religion thing does actually fucking Yeah, maybe there out. is something to this. <laughs> well, like, to, I to go me. to hell and suffer right. just so that the people Can, that i want to go to hell and suffer would also that seems do it good. maybe to me that the scariest version of hell was always the one where uh there was nothing like you go you go to heaven but if you're a bad enough person you're just erased from existence and mm-hmm. so it's kind of like you're you don't even get this because like if you think about it and it's kind of like why i don't i would never believe in hell it doesn't make any sense if god is you know, this person who wants to forgive, there's no reason for him to ever punish. And so if you're so bad that you can't be punished, then the only other option is for you not to exist. And so to me, that was always kind of this weird, scary, I I, I think it was a big thing in like 2015, where they kind of like started being like, what if hell is just nothing? Oh, shit. Yeah, I had had a Sunday school teacher say that one time. Okay, but also how like heaven sounds like boring and it sounds like a lot of work. So Honestly, I would rather yeah, be not in existence. If you can just not exist, I'm I don't I'm not that scared of that. That's fine. I don't want other people to not exist, but once I don't exist, I don't care. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, right, no, I've yeah. already accepted that I think that's what happens. So <laughs> Theology <laughs> Podcast, here we yeah, are. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> well, all right. Then it's probably time to wrap up once we started talking about heaven and hell and all that. Oh god. Dinosaurs and who believes in them. I couldn't figure it out. It might be just fundamentalist Christians who don't believe in dinosaurs. Who knows? Yeah. So thanks so much for coming on, Andrew. Yeah. Um yeah, if thank you, you for have anything that you want to plug, yeah. Coming up, where should people follow you? 
Oh my gosh, we didn't Tell even us. ask you your favorite horror memory. We gotta ask oh, that too. Fuck, fuck. I'm so. Uh, you know what? It's because I fucked up on that outline. I copied it from one that wasn't a guest outline. Damn it. So, Andrew. before we go, Andrew, what's your first horror related memory? Your first scary thing? You know, I, I have a very distinct memory of my first one. And it was I when before, I mean, when we were in the 80s, Freddy Krueger was a huge thing. He was such a big part of pop culture. That people like I had never seen a horror movie in general, but I knew who Freddy Krueger was, and so my first nightmare that okay. I remember was a nightmare about Freddy Krueger. But since I had never watched the movies and I didn't even know what they were about, I only could go off of what he looked like. And in my head, he looked like Clayface from the Batman animated series. So I gave him those <laughs> powers, and so like I saw oh, no. this memory of like running from Freddy. As he's like this big blob and he's like chasing you and his arms like extend into clay and like go after you. And I don't know, like to me, that's always the scariest version of Freddy is the one that doesn't exist. And it just based on <laughs> nine year old Andrew's like imagination. Oh, God. Amazing. I love that. Yeah. Well, and when his arms stretch in the first one, that is very like yeah. clay-esque, right? Yeah, someone get yeah, Wes Craven on the phone because he copied me in my imagination. <laughs> Eight years before I was born. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and I do have, so on May 30th, it's the Tuesday, last Tuesday of May, my movie The Empty Space okay. is coming out. And this was a perfect Hell episode yeah. to talk about it because it's about a girl suffering from anxiety, suffering from depression after losing her loved one. And she can't figure out what's real and what's not. And then her boyfriend comes back. But there's something wrong with him. And so she's trying to figure out whether she wants to stay in this false reality where she has a perfect boyfriend who doesn't seem 100% human. Or if she wants to jump into the real world and figure out what's really going on behind the facade. And so I I really think that this movie works well with the That's two perfect. movies. That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah, That's amazing. Like, oh. Once you said empty man, I was like, empty man, empty space. They're so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow. Back. No, I I love that. Well, and we we did not mention how we kind of, I mean, I guess we knew you because of just like horror Twitter and everything, but also like you had reached out to us like a couple of years ago about one of your short films and we mm -hmm. saw it and we really dug it. I remember when we plugged yeah. it on the podcast. So we were, we've been a fan of your work, Andrew. So well, <laughs> we're excited you. to well, see the movie. And that's what I was going to say. Uh, I forgot to say this at the beginning, but it's kind of funny because I've been on podcasts. I mean, we've become friends, obviously. And I've been on po people's podcasts that I became their friend and they invited me. But this is the first time where I was a fan of your podcast, Aww. which is why I sent you the short. And then now I'm on the podcast. <laughs> and so it's a little surreal to be on a podcast that like, I listened to back when I was just looking for podcasts. About that's horror films, so funny. You know? Nice. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. That's cool. Well, thank you for being a fan. Yeah, Wait, how do we get your how do we get your movie when it comes out on the thirtieth again? So on the thirtieth, it's going to come out on VOD, VOD, Blu-ray, okay. Blu-ray DVD. So if you're in Walmart, go check it out. Um, oh hell yeah! And then you can also Very rent cool. it or buy it, and so that'll be cool. Um, and then I, I think it's gonna we're we're getting it. We're trying to get it on streaming. On it's gonna be on Tubi eventually, but for now yeah. it'll be rent. Yeah. Cool. All right, that's fucking awesome. Well, rent it because it'll support the filmmakers, yeah, right? We'll, we yes. will link it in the show notes. We will. Mm -hmm. cool. cool. Once it's out. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, fuck yeah. All right, well, 
Thanks, Andrew. And thanks to, <laughs> as always, Claire mm -hmm. Holland for her book of horror themed poems called I Am Not Your Final Girl. And um, you can follow her at Claire C. Writes and buy her book, any place where you buy books. <laughs> follow also uh, Brian Demarest, who did our show artwork. He's at Evil Flynn on Instagram. Follow Pat Spurlock, our technical and emotional support. He's at Phantom Stranger on Facebook. And to our network, Morbidly Beautiful. And also check out Ariel, my co-host, who wrote our song that you're about to hear again. It's called Under Your Skin. And if you like it, it is available for purchase on Bandcamp as well as streaming on the other places, Spotify and Apple Music and all that. And thank you listeners for listening. And hit us up if you know any good conspiracy theories. Yeah. And we will talk to you next time. Bye. 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 Thank you. Excuse